from CHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What do you do if you start seeing shadow people on the streets? What significance does the apparent discovery of the Higgs boson have for the paranormal? What's really happening when a medium is, quote, taken over by a, quote, spirit, unquote? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 364th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those wide-ranging questions were being asked by my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we do welcome callers this evening, and the number is 248-545-SOUL, or in layman's terms, 248-545-7685. So, and if, or if you're listening on a computer, you can use the handy-dandy little instant feedback gizmo on your screen. Well, we have no guests this evening. It's one, another one of our open-line shows. People seem to like those, and we certainly ra- we range widely through the paranormal. So let's get right to our questions. Uh, apparently my French is no better than my English, so uh, this is from Scott in Ottawa, Ontario, and we'll start with a bit of a uh, jocular note here. Okay, so Scott writes, uh, uh, Revenant it in, no mean, in no way means uh, not much left. The root of the verb is uh, revenir, which means to come back. So Revenant would mean one who comes back. Well, thank you, Scott. I do appreciate that. However, I was making a joke. Uh, nobody can take a joke today. No. Not Americans, not Canadians. I don't know. So perhaps I was a little too subtle. I mean, I know what revenir means. My French is uh, could be much better than it is. I don't use well, it very better, much. It's better than mine. Whenever I was in Quebec, people would want to speak English. How bad is that? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank you for writing. I do appreciate it, but it, it was meant to be a joke. Uh, so anyway, enough said about that. But I do appreciate we do appreciate your listening, and we do appreciate your thoughts. French grammatical corrections. Yes, indeed. Always fun. No, it's important. We want to get things right. Indeed. All right. Now, this is from our good friend Don, a show reporter in Connecticut, um, subject of a very interesting case we're working on. And she brings up a couple of interesting points that have to do with her own property and some of the things we discuss on the show. All right. So Donna writes, I was uh, – or hi, Paul. I was reading your book, and I was thinking about your excla- explanation regarding parasites and how they feed – and uh, we are all electrical. And it reminds me of something. A few years ago, during a thunderstorm, lightning hit a tree in our backyard and blew it completely apart. We went outside and took some photographs because it was such an unusual situation. The photos were full of orbs, which were surrounding the new, uh, the newly stuck tree. Or struck, sorry. Uh, while some of the trees was in focus, there were uh, parts of it that came up uh, completely blurred and unfocused in the photos. The light surrounding the tree was odd, too. This was probably ten minutes or so after the hit, and as soon as we were able to grab a camera and head outside, parasites have been attracted to the amount of electricity that came through the tree and the ground. I have uh, the picture somewhere, but I but I can't locate it. My husband is going to look for it later, later on in uh, some storage programs. Uh, this was probably around uh, 2004 or 2005. Uh, I can't recall exactly, but I do remember how odd it was that the orbs were all over the place, uh, right near and on the tree. 
Okay, that's a very interesting question. Let me give you a little background. The book she was reading was Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, my last book, uh, published in 2006. There should have been one published in 2009, but I haven't finished it yet. My apologies for that, because a lot of people are waiting for it. It's in, but it's it's in the works. In the works, in, in the works. works. I'm busy writing radio scripts all the time. Mm. But in any case, that's the book she's referring to. And in there, I go into the the electrical nature of pretty much all of reality as we perceive it, including ourselves. Everything, <coughs> excuse me, is electrical. Our muscles, our our brains, uh, the firing of neurons, it's essentially electrical. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but the mitochondria have something to do with that? Mitochondria? mitochondria. Well. Or they, they, they produce the warmth, actually, that. Well, I guess. I, I'm not really, like, too sure because I'm not yeah, really well-versed in anatomy and microbiology, but pretty sure that um, it has something to do with uh, our – well, actually, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Well, yeah, well, in any case, it, it makes sense. Uh, we are uh, pretty much electrical. Uh, now, this, is, this brings the question, uh, what about a, a sort of dark and stormy night uh, in which m- many paranormal tales begin, certainly works of fiction? Is it possible that they uh, certainly have uh, begun to um, – uh, I, I, you know what? I, I'm a little distracted here because I think we're using the wrong script. <laughs> anyway, it's all right. Um, dark and stormy nights really do have something to do with the paranormal. We do notice that paranormal activity of the, of the common variety, uh, strange sounds, uh, strange feelings of presences, things of this kind, do seem to increase at times of electrical uh, atmospheric discharge. Of course, which of course is what lightning is. So um, there is something to that. It's like, it's like that goofy haunted mansion that always has like lightning going, which doesn't really make too much sense. Yeah, well, I mean, it does when you really look at it. I guess, yeah. And so. the notion of the full moon. Now, there are those who deny this, but having worked in psychiatric hospitals uh, as a graduate student and as a seminary student, you know, I can I can testify. Every, everybody will tell you on the staff of those places, uh, especially in those days when there were far more inpatients than there are today, that when the moon is full. Or when there have been a lot of electrical storms, the the patients get nervous. Now, naturally, when you get thunder and lightning, everybody's going to get nervous. But the full moon also seemed to affect the electromagnetic fields that have something to do with our behavior and our brain. Actually, yeah, I read a few cases like that. I had to do a project on uh, Ed Gein for my uh, forensics class. Hmm. And he was the guy that American Psycho was based off of. Oh. And um, he... When after all was said and done, and he was arrested and put in a mental institution, he like every time there was a full moon, he would just start talking because he would just be completely silent, like catatonic most of the time. But when there was a full moon, he'd just start talking about anything. He'd just talk about anything, and he hmm. just talk straight until the full moon left, and then he'd just sit back down and just not talk for. Until yep. There was another full moon. It was weird. Well, we are part of nature. Yeah, We're that's part true. of all the cycles. Yeah, you know, yeah, as is everything in the paranormal. So here we have a tree struck by lightning, blown apart. Uh, on property that we began to investigate in 2005, this is uh, one of the major cases we've been working on since. And as you know, uh, listeners who have listened to the show regularly, we work for years on cases, Ben and I do. Uh, we don't just swoop in and say, well, here you go, and then see you later. So in any case, this is this is a, a property where things are pretty strange anyway. It's part of a very interesting triangle in the central area of Connecticut where everything from... UFOs to ghosts and military activities taking place, and well, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of it yet. But in any case, so these these effects might be multiplied by electrical activity or, or atmospheric discharge of this kind. So uh, <clears throat> here's um, this part of the question here. Um, 
you grab the camera, a good parasites have been attracted to the amount of electricity that came through the tree in the ground. That's kind of a funny question, Donna, because we have noticed in, in parasite cases that, that they, they hang have, out near high tension wires. They, yeah, they have fed off electrical yeah. systems in a number of cases. Yeah, like if you like, our, one of the first questions we ask on a case is, "Oh, how hot has your electrical bill been? Extremely high this month, like unusually high." Yeah, people look at us and then they like, say, "Usually, yes." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So sure, it's possible that they could could have uh, uh, fed upon this as well. However, one, one uh, factor we do point out in your case very frequently is that this is a very, very positive and loving family. Uh, they have their ratios as anyone else. They have their stresses and strains, but but they they are they're probably in the end they're still really positive in that. Absolutely, and yeah, I think uh, Donna and her husband are two of the most magnificently decent people. I think we know. It's a strange adjective. You know? Well, no, but I mean, they are. They are. They're just... They're good folks. They're, they're good folks. And there's, there's only so much that parasites can do in this situation. And with all the bizarre multiversal activity going on in this case, and if you've listened to the show or podcast before, we've mentioned this case on many occasions, with all the bizarre activity going on in this particular house and in this, this area, it's a wonder that you haven't got parasites because they do tend to pass through. But I think that they are held back not only by the goodness of these people but by certain other um, denizens of the multiverse whom we have encountered who are protective of, of, of this area and, and that's that seems to be what they do as part Indeed. of the uh, equivalent to the rhinoceros the uh, self-appointed fire protection officer of the Kalahari you have certain <laughs> yes. very good-spirited people or humanoids from parallel universes bizarre as that may sound who do tend to uh, kind of look out for their neighbors, as we all should do. So that 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 is the case here in this in this uh, this situation. This so case, the answer is yes, but in your case, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, I would like to see the photos. Ben and I would like to see the photos. Yeah, because that really sounds interesting. So it does sound interesting. Many orbs have come out of this area. You know what I find? Everybody talks about, and we and we ourselves use infrared photography a great deal. And th- this is this is interesting, and and it's it. It is. It will reveal a number of things that aren't present to the naked eye or to the ordinary camera. However, on this particular property, on many occasions, we have uh, noticed the uh, what's sometimes called the blue beam phenomenon, which is, uh, uh, especially pictures taken at night, uh, if taken with infrared uh, uh, equipment or if they are lightened up a little bit, you'll see the blue beams that are often associated with alien abductions. "Quote unquote," you know, and what it may mean in this case, I don't know. But it, but th- this case has involved UFOs as well. So, and I have found too that that this this place has so many orbs in some photos, it looks like there's a blizzard going on, and we know they're not snowflakes as we've taken them ourselves. And uh, this this is a very active piece of property. So, um, I would like to see the photos, and uh, hopefully, uh, your husband can find them, Donna. But thank you for writing in about that. Very interesting. And the answer pretty much is yes to everything you asked. Yes. All right. Okay, we have a few minutes before. But we have about two minutes. All right. I'll take a short one. Yeah, yeah. No, let's not do the two-page right. one. Okay. Here is one from Brian. And Brian does not say where he's from. But uh, he must be from Pennsylvania because this is a very interesting note having to do with something going on in Pennsylvania. Okay. Dear Paul and Ben, I was quite interested in your description of the uh, Pennsylvania Thunderbird sighting 
as I'm sure you were uh, relating my sighting, as a footnote to this sighting, a few days uh, later, there were reports of a low-flying small plane in my area. Local emergency crews were dispatched to give aid uh, should the plane crash, but no crash occurred. Additionally, local airports had all uh, flights of small planes accounted for. He goes on to say, hmm, I enjoyed listening to your podcast at work. Uh, thanks for the work you do. Sincerely, Brian. I think it's really cool that somebody whose case we reported on a show about extreme paranormal uh, happened to be listening to the show. And then dis- and, disclaimed his own report. And Tim. then, uh, oh, no, no, I don't think that's what he's doing here. In, in case of thunder, cases of Thunderbird sightings or alleged Thunderbird sightings, uh, there are reports of small planes going down, but it said, uh, no crash occurred here. Uh, right. I, I think what he's saying here is that it was reported as a small plane, but it might have been the same thing he saw. All right. And he described in his report, if you remember from the show, that it was extremely um, uh, interesting bird-like uh, activity going on there with this, with this creature. So anyway, uh, we have to take a break now. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with more emails. Stay with us. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist, Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOLVE. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. And before we leave the business of the Thunderbird here, we're dealing with a letter from Brian, whom uh, we believe is from Pennsylvania, because he, he reported a sighting of a a large bird, and we reported it on our Extreme Paranormal show, and I guess he happened to hear it and was very kind to write us a letter. Now, a little bit of background on this Thunderbird business. Thunderbirds were reported by Native Americans all over the Americas and really all over the world uh, for many, many centuries, and they were believed to be just large birds that, that had to do with the spiritual realm or with the gods. Or, they, or prophets of doom, essentially. Or prophets of doom. But they were at times associated with storms, you know, hence the term the Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Yeah. Yeah. And that ties into our first letter from Donna, whereby she's asking uh, what effect can these thunderstorms or lightning strikes or whatever have upon paranormal activity uh, because of some photographs she took after such a strike. So these things, perhaps, are, as, as we always say, everything in the paranormal is connected. But this, uh, but I, again, I, Ben, I don't think he's. Uh, he's uh, Trying to discredit, yeah. Yeah, he said all the planes were accounted for in that area, and that when uh, someone later reported the, uh, a plane, because these things are often reported to be the size of airplanes. Yeah. And uh, there was, it seemed to be going down, there was no crash, and uh, no, nothing was ever explained about uh, such an airplane. Now, the only thing is that it's very difficult, this is I learned in the military, is that it's very difficult to judge distance with the naked eye in certain circumstances. One yeah. of these places, and, and in certain places, uh, the desert, for example. Uh, particularly in the American Southwest, uh, the Arctic, okay, uh, particularly when everything's uh, snowed over and iced in. Yeah, I remember there was a um, Monster Quest thing. This was a long time ago. This yeah. was when Monster Quest was still on, and um, they did a thing on giant birds. Oh, and, did they? Oh. Yeah, they, yeah. It was. I remember because yeah, it was I, mean, one I of the should only... watch TV more, I suppose. It, well, no, but <laughs> it, <laughs> it was only one episode, and it was actually it was really interesting because um, they were talking about people like there was one. Uh, segment where this kid apparently, like I think it was like the late '60s, got picked up by this giant bird and it carried him oh, like, yeah, a few yeah. feet. But there was another That's one in the literature. There was another uh, incident. I think it was in um, Alaska, and it wasn't too long ago. But this guy was flying up there in a little bi- in a little biplane, and there was a he looked down and saw this giant bird like flying underneath him. But then again, as you were just saying about the Arctic, it's very hard to judge these things. Yeah. Well, was he in the Arctic or was he over the woods? Uh, I think he was like over like the Arctic portion. Oh, okay. So, well, for, you know that that's it. And another place too, oddly enough, is the is the the moors, as they're called in England. You know, large wilderness areas of rolling hills and this kind of thing, uh, which hopefully you will get to see some of when we're there in, in I really September. Hope I do. <laughs> 
Now, I remember, this has nothing to do with Thunderbirds, but I remember when I was in Devon in 1989 uh, hunting for the Beast of Exmoor, so-called, I visited the Score Hill Stone Circle on Dartmoor, and I got a perfect example of, of, of how a uh, perfect lesson and how difficult distance judging uh, can be there. First of all, in, within that circle, it's still energized. Some of the circles are not uh, in the old prehistoric circles. And you could not take a in, an in-focus photograph in this circle. And I leaned up against a certain stone and a certain dizziness would occur. But then I saw sort of a, a line of, of mounted people coming out from behind a, uh, well, they're called tors, these, these outcroppings of rocks and things, T-O-R-S. And they were just in a line, and uh, they were they looked about, I don't know, it had to be probably about half a mile away, so they weren't that close. Maybe, maybe less, maybe a quarter mile, I don't know. I, again, it's, just, it's very difficult to judge distance, and I didn't have any equipment to measure that. And they almost, they struck me almost like, like, like soldiers from the English Civil War in the 16, late 1640s. And I said, oh, gosh, this is kind of bizarre, because I can't be sure, but it was a weekday, kind of rainy, so I didn't think too many recreational horseback riders were out there. But anyway, again, it was very difficult to judge distance, so I don't know. Unless you're Oliver Cromwell. That I saw. Yeah, it was Oliver Cromwell himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah didn't mind either. All right. Speaking of the dear old UK, here is one from Peter in Manchester, and he's got a question Okay, so Peter writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben. Do you plan on uh, do? I, I, do you plan to do a show on the discovery of the Higgs boson? Will this have some relevance to your multiverse theories? Well, that's a good question, um, Peter. Uh, the answer is yes. Once it's confirmed, now there there are a lot of weird things that go on in physics. One is that many things, the whole dark matter, dark energy thing. Uh, Often will at least begin before it's confirmed. If if it's confirmed, these theories will begin because they they're needed to fill in a bunch of weird gaps in what scientists have find when they research physics, particularly quantum physics. So it's like they're rationalizing it themselves. Well, they they kind of you know make up stuff to fill in the blanks. Say well you know this must be the case. You know, given this this cause of this result, given this process that we see, that we know is going on, or what it certainly appears to be, something else over here must be happening. But I, I, I don't. I think that that is a bit reckless. I, I don't know. I can see why they do it. So the Higgs boson is uh, has to do with with essentially the formation of of matter. Uh, as we know, everything in us and around us is essentially energy. But the boson is sort of, a, as I understand it, is a sort of a filter by which this is passed through, and it, it may, it may, everything has relevance to the paranormal and to the multiverse theories. But remember, a key element of this is that in each multiple world, it is theorized for those who believe in multiple worlds, physicists who do, that the laws of physics may be entirely different yeah. from one world to another, and we see that here and there. One little way to, to sort of demonstrate that, I think, is the the sort of it's considered a party trick, but nobody understands the sort of a, the paranormal weight loss thing. Oh, yeah. We used to do that with it when uh, some cousins would come over. And be, there's a certain thing you do with your hands, and four people can lift up a very heavy person with only their fingers. It's quite quite remarkable. But again, you know, you're, you're blending different worlds. You're calling upon certain energies and this kind of thing. Uh, perhaps a world in which this person is a lot lighter or something like that, or weight is not what it is, or the Earth doesn't have the gravity that it does. But everything can be different, and there may not be any 
Higgs bosons in certain universes. So it may or may not have tremendous relevance to uh, the paranormal or to the multiverse idea. But then again, it might, but we just don't know. So when, when it's confirmed, if it is, um, we will, or if it has been confirmed, you know, I don't know about it, let us know. But uh, we'll get into it more deeply. There is rather a beautiful description that I happen to see on uh, the website of our good friend uh, George Nuri, uh, certainly the Coast to Coast show. Uh, ben and I have been on that a number of times. And uh, the, the whoever, I guess it was the one of his producers, writes the descriptions of the shows previously, and you can get their emails uh, each day uh, telling you what was on the show the previous evening in case you missed it. Uh, Coasttocoastam.com, and you can sign up to receive those, and they're free. But I, I saw they, they talked about this issue with Peter Canova, and uh, who was a an, uh, physicist, I believe, and they had a rather beautiful description of what this boson does. Uh, and I'll, I, if, if I may quote, on the first half of Monday's show, this goes back a few weeks, uh, authority on the teachings of ancient mystics, Peter Canova talked about how the recent detection of the previously theoretical Higgs boson particle bears similarly, I should say similarity, to how thousands of years ago mystics described creation and the origin of matter. Physicists, he noted, suggest that as particles pass through the invisible Higgs field, they slow down and acquire mass, which parallels the ancient Greeks' notion of the ether, a penetrating non-material field that filled the universe. In the ancient Nag Hammadi Gospels, these were, everybody's sort of the Dead Sea Scrolls, I guess, but the Nag Hammadi manuscripts are probably twice as weird and uh, have to do with the New Testament. Uh, they were discovered in the, I uh, can't quite remember when, I went blank. Anyway, they were discovered number uh, many years ago and uh, they're, they're not often uh, popular with the standard theologians anyway one of these currents Sophia which is Greek for wisdom left the vibration of the divine realm and entered another dimension called chaos that was filled with unformed protomatter upon entering Sophia's divine energy was slowed and matter coalesced around her and uh, Canova was quoted as saying this is a shockingly accurate depiction of what's happening in the Higgs field uh, he also addressed the work of physicist David Bohm, who observed the distant part that distant particles were in constant communication with each other, something that's pretty weird but pretty well known in quantum physics. He theorized that at a deeper level of reality, particles don't have a separate reality. Remember, we talk about the unity on this show, mm. but are part of a single unity. My whole book, Turning Home, is about that, like a hologram. From this, Bohm extrapolated that our universe is, is a whole. I might say the multiverse is a whole. But the human perspective views things in terms of separate objects, and I might say separate times, separate places, etc., all rather illus- in a rather illusory manner. I wonder why we feel the need to do that. Well, I, I, my theory is that, that we're not quite up to dealing with it. Well, not anymore. Ever, in a I new mean, evolutionary... We haven't reached the evolutionary stage. Where we can I think we it. did, but we lost it. I think, I think that you just said it. I think, I think that's exactly what happened. I think that, obviously, the, the ancient Greeks are someone... Prior to them, knew this. That's why I would. The greatest disaster in history was the destruction of the Great Library of Alexandria. Thanks, Julius Caesar. Yeah, for it and the whole Roman army was there. He was paying more attention to Cleopatra than he was to the state of public safety. The whole Roman army was there. They could have put the darn fire out and saved all kinds of of, of documents from remote history or prehistory, even that we know nothing about today. So we might know why the Greeks and, and everybody else in the ancient world seemed to know about these things. So yeah. there we have it. Anyway, uh, I, th- I thought this was a rather beautifully written description, the whole Higgs, Bo- Higgs boson phenomenon, and we will deal with it uh, when 
a little more is known. Yeah, when we get more information on it. Yeah, exactly. We'll have a uh, we have a number of physicists we can call upon to uh, to check that out. Okay, uh, we are coming up on another break, but we will. We still have a little time to. Yeah, a little bit of time can start. Some, some of these are kind of long. long. Okay, here. Oh, here's an interesting one. That this has to do with mediums, and it's from Karen in Boston. I guess you can. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we we'd better call it because we're not going to. Yeah, get we have like it. one minute. Oh, this is, we, we can just start the, the next segment. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll start in the next segment. Anyway, you, you are listening to uh, Paul and Ben Eno. It is behind the paranormal on CBS Radio's. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm, okay. I got it. on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We will be right back with more letters on our open line show this evening. We do invite you to call in, listen to the guy who sounds like Nick Pope, and I'll give you the number. And we'll be right back with this email and more. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Well, nobody has called in years, but I, I like to think that's because they're interested in what we have to say. Anyway, this is from Karen in Boston. Uh, and Karen writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. I love the show, and Ben, you are way beyond your years. Well, <laughs> thank you. I like your multiverse theory. I like. Uh, I think your multiverse theories are brilliant. Sorry, my mild dyslexia is kicking in. But it raises questions for me. I have attended seances where mediums have been taken over by spirits who really seem to be uh, what they say they were. Uh, they knew people in the room and knew about uh, knew everything about the people they knew in life. Uh, with Ouija boards also, I have seen what really seems to be the spirits of the dead. Where does all this fit into your theories? Are the rest of us uh, just really getting it wrong, basically? Well, not necessarily, Karen. Remember that even if everything we say about these not being spirits as such, but being real people in parallel universes and all this stuff, even if everything about the spiritualist aspect is true, the process still has not been defined, really. And the process, as we see it, is the multiverse. So I don't see how one conflicts with the other. We believe that to go deeper is important. And when you do that, that's when we come up with our theories of this being not the, the, the remains or the remnants of dead people, but the actual people themselves in universes where they never died. And in many of which, or some of which at least, they're aware of us. Uh, things are different so that they are a little more easy, easy easily um, – uh, they have, communication is, is a little more available to them than it is to us and all this sort of thing. And as we say, the laws of physics, which, as we just said, are, are somewhat different <coughs> Excuse me, or could be. So there isn't necessarily a conflict at all between multiverse theories and the traditional – spiritualist kind of medium thing. It's what you take out of it, basically. Well, it is, and it's what's behind it as well, because yeah. our question is, are these things really what they say they are? And we find, I found from day one, time after time after time, that very often parasitical entities, entities that we call them parasites, entities that will feed off your energy, very often through buttons they push, will pretend to be whatever they have to pretend to be in order to eat. In many cases, it's someone coming through who says that they're your loved ones, and they, they, and they because they have access because because they have access to other parallel realities in which people never died or in which things happened. They might know things. They seem able to manipulate space and time. And in many of these worlds, time doesn't seem to mean an awful lot. You know what? I actually wanted to ask you to bring up. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, sorry. But um. What about like uh, your brief glimpse into voodoo and like loas and things like that? Because ah. I, I I noticed a correlation between that with the whole taking over the body and stuff. Yeah, well, just, just well, I'll let Ben explain that. But just uh, to give the background of what what he means, we did a show a few weeks ago. Uh, well, actually, several months ago on uh, our, our New England AM station, dr our drive time show about my experiences with parasites and what they really were. And one of these experiences occurred in 1984 when I was in Haiti and I actually was allowed to attend a voodoo ceremony in which loas or spirits literally would take over certain people in this, shall I call it, a congregation. 
And it was one of them, certainly one of the most bizarre and scary experiences I'd ever had. And I could just feel the by this even by that time I had been very familiar with what parasites feel like, what their presence was like, and this is what it was. Uh, I can't make any bones about it. I don't mean to insult anybody's religion, but these were parasites. I mean, or you know, or there was no question about it in my mind. So, well, yeah, and the way that it sounds, it sounds like you're essentially doing the same thing in a séance to me, at least. I, I could be wrong. But you're essentially inviting whatever to come into your body and be like, hey, I could be this person you're talking to or I couldn't be. It's like asking a stranger to come in your car and be and not it and expect them to be like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm best friends with you when they may or may not be your best friend. I mean, they could just pull you over and kill you or say horrible things to you. And or it could say, just, you know, I'm your long lost cousin so and so and they might not might be they might not be. Yeah, exactly, and it's like it's one of those things where you can't you have to be really, really, really cautious about what you say and do because words have a lot of power when it comes to this, and your actions have a lot of power. And if you invite something into your body, and it's very hard to get out, and usually leaves uh, spiritual scars, so to speak. Yeah. Well, Karen also mentions the use of Ouija boards, and one might also include seances in there because we kind of lump them together as being very dangerous activities and uh, now we don't say that you will necessarily never contact a quote-unquote loved one or or, or be contacted but contacted by something benign it's just and it's just a principle of being cautious as uh, well i always use the metaphor if you stand in the middle of the highway you make you might get hit you might not yeah now i use the uh th- there was we had a cousin uh in Florida, who was over a hundred years old, and she and she read my one of my books, and she said, "You know, my only and I where I was advising against using Ouija boards. Said, my only comfort in life is to take out that Ouija board and talk to all my old friends." And she did it every day. As far as I know, she never had any parasitical problems, and um, she kind of, you know, got a little miffed because she thought I was referring to her as a. Well, I think I used the word schmuck anyway in the book, <laughs> and she thought I was anyway. Uh, but again, don't be a schmuck. I mean, there there are many times. You know, it's it's just it's not worth taking the chance because I've seen, uh, in, in my early cases at least, especially seventy five percent of them started uh, with with kids using Ouija boards, and you know what the real gist of the problem is, and this is a real warning in any any situation where you're uh, feeling as though you're in contact with or in the presence of anything that's weird. Whenever it starts building up your ego, that's a danger sign. Yes, it is. You know, one thing particularly uh, that kids have told me when they were involved in this and then were able to extricate themselves, they said, you know, I was, uh, you know, I flunked math. My parents, you know, they don't understand me. I don't get along with them and this and that and the other thing. And, um, you know, but I had this this Ouija board or this Sans and and this this, uh, benign entity from the beyond told me, well, hey, you know, uh, you're in touch with me, and I'm giving you this information, and they say I felt special because of that. Well, this is a real danger sign. Whenever, whenever anything starts stroking your ego, don't trust it. And so I, I think it's worth kind of staying away from all these things. And people will say, well, Paul, you know, you're always talking on the show about, especially recently, about how you uh, would, con- would be in contact with various people. Or uh, 
humanoids or whatever from these various worlds, but you'd never talk about it because you were afraid of getting thrown out of the seminary, which turns out I was anyway for this, that I was very quiet about until recently. They said, well, so if you can do it, why can't we? Well, I don't use Ouija boards or seances, neither does Ben. We uh, Very often when I would find that there, there would be communication, it would be n- nothing that I had done on my part. Just remain, if I feel the presence of something that I, I thought was not negative, uh, maybe someone uh, who might uh, be interesting to communicate with or need help or something or help me or whatever, I would always meditate and uh, stay in a quiet state. And this is essentially what you do kind of with prayer, too, in a way. And in a quiet state, and then it, I would feel or hear the voice of, of, of the, the being or whoever it was. And never, never did I ever encounter anything in this context that said it was some kind of ascended master or spirit guide in any sense. It was always a brother life form, usually from some parallel reality. Once I managed to catch someone who seemed to be tra- uh, translating, in the midst of translating from one life to another. Well, we don't use the word death here. If we can help it, we use the word translation because it's far more accurate. I don't believe in death. And so I think it's communication in a very, very different context than it is when you're using Ouija boards or, as I refer to them, the sort of the sledgehammer techniques of breaking through space-time and really not knowing quite what you're dealing with. Uh, another uh, metaphor I use, too, is, is to go out in your yard. If you want to meet your neighbor, you don't go and drive your car through their front wall. You go out, and you, uh, when you see them, and, and you perhaps will remain quiet. You wave from a distance. Maybe they'll come over. And that's how you meet people. You, you do so on the basis of respect and equality. You don't make demands. Uh, you don't, they don't stroke your ego. You know, there's nothing false about it. And it can be done. However, I'm experienced at it. Ben is experienced at it. And I always say it's best not to try to communicate with any anything that is uh, paranormal and that, that is in your environment. Uh, but if you can, to sort of um, remain aloof from it and to see how, how, things, uh, how things go from that. However... Uh, situations do get complicated. So, anyway, as a long answer to your to your question, Karen, I think that we've got things to consider here that um, that, that really I think the the, uh, the the evidence and the weight is piled against using these devices, and uh, just to be very cautious uh, regarding what you believe from whatever is telling you uh, something in any situation like this. I think it's best to stay away from it altogether. Um, you're in contact with your loved ones in your subconscious already. and uh, But anyway, I, but as far as your question goes, I don't think the multiverse idea conflicts in any way with these phenomena that you mentioned. Okay, now we have rather a long... Oh, no, I guess we're coming up to another break. All right. Anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio or NewSkyRadio.com. We're doing an open line show tonight dealing with many... Many areas of the paranormal through letters we receive from folks, and we will be right back, so stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. 
Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. She doesn't own a dress. Her hair is always a mess. If you catch a stealing, she won't confess. She's beautiful. Smokes a pack a day. You can wait, that's me. But anyway, she doesn't care a thing about that. Hey, she thinks I'm beautiful. Meet Virginia. She never compromises. Loves babies and surprises. Wears high heels when she exercises. Ain't that beautiful? Meet Virginia. Mama works on carburetors. My brother is a fine mediator for the president. Well, here she is again on the phone, just like me. Ain't still be alone. We just like to sit at home and live on the president. Meet Virginia.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back in our last segment here. And we just felt we had to share this wonderful email from Jerry Warner. Jerry has been on the show, and he is a great photographer of... The multiverse, I guess you might say, he certainly deals a great deal with, with uh, interworld or interdimensional beings, not necessarily the same thing, as we do, and actually gets the photographs of some of them, all of whom seem to be either benign or indifferent. indifferent. Most, most of them are indifferent. Anyway, I thought I would forward this rant of personal observations, some of which was inspired by your program, having spent considerable time researching the proliferation of, quote, paranormal groups and, quote, investigators. This does not include those who are in the paranormal entertainment business, for which it appears many are without being aware of it. And Ben and I will pass this back and forth with the first point. If you want to be taken seriously when posting photos of team members, please have some hygiene standards and avoid displaying photos if your, of your, if your members look like they just rolled out of bed or walked off the set of a Jerry Springer quagmire. Also, don't include images of driving in your car, taking a photo of yourself in the mirror, etc. Put a little thought and effort into more complimentary images of yourself. It is actually possible to have class and style while running in the company of interdimensional beings. All right. Uh, the whole black T-shirt, uh, hat, and motif festooned with skulls, blood, demons, cemeteries, not to mention the muscle head slash tough guy mentality, etc., as if you are some sort of, uh, well, can't say that on the radio, but uh, <laughs> B.A. for short, uh, that which would immediate, which would intimidate ghosts or similar otherworldly entities, is rather comical. Do you honestly think these beings you seek to engage with you are threatened by such props and theatrics? Please stop. Just stop. It's simply awful. All right. Uh, if you are lacking in the virtues of respect, humility, and gratitude when sharing space with intelligences of unknown origins, you are begging for trouble. Okay, the paranormal community is in dire need of objective standardization of qualifications by peer-reviewed professional investigators with credentials and qu- uh, quantifiable track records that one must pass through before one can assert themselves as a lead investigator, investigator in trading, EVP technician, demonologist, etc. And I am at a complete loss for what qualifies someone as a sensitive, dream symbolist, orb specialist, empath, psychic, etc. Certainly agree with that point. I summarily dismiss out of hand any paranormal investigation group or individual that uses a cartoon of a ghost, demon, etc. as their organization's icon. <laughs> if you bill yourself out to be a professional paranormal investigator... With a proven track record, it would be nice to offer some actual hard evidence of your findings and not simply elegant pictures of you taken of haunted houses, uh, cemeteries, or your team members perpetually looking into a video camera or holding EVP equipment while producing no tangible results. If you claim to take a scientific quote-unquote approach to your in your investigative techniques, then have someone on your team who actually has a bona fide scientific credentials, or at least a a nominal scientific background. Uh, Attending paranormal conventions, buying expensive equipment, and watching every episode of Ghost Hunters does not make you one, and and are you really certain who is hunting whom? Okay, and it is the height of ignorance and arrogance to presume you are in a position to 
counsel those who are honestly experiencing or perhaps suffering from paranormal activity without possessing counseling credentials, uh, psychology degrees, etc., before treading on such sensitive territory. And as far as the quote-unquote cleansing and quote-unquote banishment rituals are concerned, don't even get me started, i.e., who the heck are you? <laughs> All right. Please refrain from using a nauseating acronym based on the TAPS formula to signify your group or organization. Have a little originality and nuance. And dispense with ridiculous fonts on your promotional media and material that make that look as if they are lifted from a B-rated horror movie poster or infer handwriting from Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and finally, it might be a good idea to possess a grasp or at least an interest of how elements of the paranormal are connected with the context of larger cosmic and spiritual truths of existence. If you are in in it simply for the thrill and kicks of an apparition, EVP, etc., you have missed the point and probably rob yourself of much more expen- expansive personal enlightenment. Jerry Werner. Werner. Okay, well. Very good, Jerry. Thank you so much for writing that, and you certainly sum up our feelings as well, and hopefully the feelings of more and more people out there. You know, and we had, um, well, I'll leave it at that. We'll be discussing this again and again. And we have a lot of announcements tonight, so I'm afraid that will be the last email we'll have time for. Okay, I wanted to remind you that, uh, of course, we are speaking in England, uh, on one part of England, on September 22nd, in the September, uh, Saturday, September 22nd, and uh, in London... If you can't get to our presentation, make sure you take in the uh, British UFO Associate, uh, Research Association Conference, Bufora. It's going to be their 50th anniversary conference. It's taking place at the uh, Holiday Inn at King's Cross Road in London. And you can find out more about that at bufora.org.uk. That's B-U-F-O-R-A.org.uk. And uh, they've, uh, they're giving us some plugs for our event and uh, are, are sorry we can't attend theirs and we're sorry they can't attend ours. It was just we can only be at so many places at once. Exactly. Well, of course, you can call upon the multiverse, but we're not quite there. No, yet. no, we're not. So my dad and I will be speaking at the Grove House Hotel in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England on Saturday, September 22nd from 7 to 11 p.m. And tickets uh, are the ticket price of £15 includes a full buffet dinner provided by the hotel. Proceeds will benefit local charities, and then the evening will include a town hall meeting of paranormal events in this highly active area, which was the scene of the famous Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980. Larry Warren, eyewitness of uh, eyewitness to that event, and other co-author and the other co-author of the book Left at Eastgate, plans to be with us that evening. So, for more information and to buy tickets, visit www. Spaceportuk.com slash events.html or just go to behindtheparanormal.com and look for the links to that site under What's New. Uh, finally, uh, Ben and I will be featured speakers at the All Hallows Eve Psychic Fair at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island on Sunday, October 28th. Watch for more info on that at behindtheparanormal.com. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you next week, July 29th, when my dad and I will welcome humanoid expert and Behind the Paranormal Special Projects reporter, Albert Rosales, for discussion of undersea humanoids. And in the meantime, tune into our Boston Pop Providence Drive Time Show on WOON 1240 AM and com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows. We have nearly 400 of them at www.behindtheparanormal.com. 
Okay, we'll just, uh, we're just about out of time here. We'll leave you with a quote from American science fiction writer Isaac Asimov. The saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.